When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I was 17, I lost 100 pounds. Oof. I've never been, I've never put the weight back on. Yeah. The majority of my life has been at or around that of a, in quotes, normal weight. Yeah. But unfortunately, those pesky four years I was gigantic is in reruns. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Get $20 off your first order when you use my code NASH. Welcome back to the All Good Things podcast. My guest today, Josh Peck. Josh, from the Good Guys podcast, um, from Christopher Nolan's new movie, from Fatherhood, which you're participating in, as a father, you are, uh, you're incredible. You really are. You told me how old you were the other day and I, sh- I got shocked. Did you? Yeah. Well, why shocked? I just couldn't, I couldn't process it. I was like, oh. It's like Todd and Scott and Heath are having a birthday mm. in a couple days. And it's a joint birthday party. And they're all going to be like 31, 32. So you're shocked that we're like of a proper grown up age. Yeah. Because we're all a bunch of Peter Pan man babies running around. <laughs> Trying to hold on to our youth and trying to relate to people yes. we shouldn't try to relate to. Really. Myself included. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I just ingested a, like three episodes of your podcast. Ingested. Mm, what am I? Fucking AI. <laughs> just ingested. You know when you podcast, you throw out all kinds of words. Yeah. Yeah. I used the word ban all the other day. But now? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> ban all. Sounds like a Batman villain. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's ban all. <laughs> But now I've come here to turn <laughs> off your podcast. <laughs> you use big words to try to impress people. It's very obsequious. <laughs> but now I think it's been now. I met Mark Wahlberg the other day. I saw that. That's cool. It's so funny that you know we used to do like the videos and stuff. It used to be you could like surprise somebody with something so mm. i like took joe to meet mark Wahlberg. yeah he didn't i didn't tell him where we were going but i knew mark Wahlberg was gonna be there and then i got there and mark Wahlberg walked in and i was like it's your favorite mark Wahlberg," and he's like oh i already know him and i was like yeah. oh. like you can't even impress people anymore with the videos you know what i mean you can't impress your friends everyone's done everything everyone got a car <laughs> yeah everybody yeah. got a car but mark Wahlberg was so great I, I can believe that. I got a charge, man. I, I, isn't that weird when you meet a celebrity and you're yeah. like psyched and you're like, he just he's just a human being. Well, he's impressive. I remember from- Yes, he is. From my old pod, I interviewed um, 
Peter Berg. You put you had Peter Berg on your podcast? Yeah. That's cool. He talked a lot about working with people like Wahlberg. And, and this is what I've heard about people like that, like Wahlberg, The Rock, like who are Kevin Hart, that are like businesses, right? They're right. enterprises. Yeah. And he's like, what I find most inspiring about him is just like how, you know, militaristic he is about like showing up, putting on a good face, being prepared executing at a high level, yeah. not keeping anyone a minute over than is necessary. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, he is inspiring in that way. I think that is why I got excited. Or just somebody that like just does everything so well. I mean, I love his um I love his Instagrams. Mm. Except when he gets um talks about Jesus too much. But other than that, yeah. I got had the worst um I got I always get pranked on April Fools. Me too. I'm very gullible. I got I got three pranks on April Fools on one day. Saturday, I woke up. I went to. I took Charlie and Naveen and Charlie's friend to Palm Springs, mm. and we went to uh, Rancho Las Palmas. So I'm like packing the car and I'm getting ready and I'm like I'm doing a lot. I'm getting the girls' bags in the car. I'm getting them breakfast. I'm like doing all this shit. And I walk inside, and I see Naveen at the breakfast nook, and she goes, "Hey." I have to tell you something. And I was like, what? What is it? What's wrong? What's wrong? I mean, this was like a fucking Meryl Streep acting job. Wow. She was like, I just took a test. I'm pregnant. Josh? I, I was just like, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack like right there. She kept it going for a little bit. And then now the next thing is you gotta react the yeah. right way. <laughs> Oh yeah. She goes, are you mad at me? I'm so sorry. She goes, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? And I was like, no, no, it's good. It's good. And I'm like, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll have, <laughs> there's just no good way. Cause you know, I wasn't like, yes. Oh, awesome. And so I was like, we'll do it. We'll have the baby. We'll have the baby. There's a lot of follow-up questions here. April fools. I, oh my God. Go ahead. Why would there be a chance that that could be true? I'm assuming. Well, you go right to it. I'm assuming you're the kind of guy who never met a condom he liked. <laughs> I don't see Jason doing this often. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to run to CVS. No. I, I see Jason doing this. Hey, are you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, I was I was shitting bricks. But are you not <laughs> protecting? No, 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 I am. But, yeah. you know, you just, I don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, so right, things right. can happen, of course. Right, 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 right. Um, but you've talked about having another kid, perhaps. Or should we cut this out? No, put it in. <laughs> yeah, like, it. you've, so, was face. it just the timing that scared you? Because if you're open to it. Yeah, it's the, it's the timing. Because your first thought is like, okay, I have a two bedroom house. Where's the baby going to go? I have, a sure. three, I, have, I have a three bedroom house with two kids. Sure. So where, where would the baby go? Uh, and also how would I pay for it? Yes. That too. Yeah. And then Charlie got me on, uh, she told me she, she couldn't culminate. So she's like, she got me April. And then they're like, and then she got, they got me again. April fools. What's culminate? Culminate is like graduate. She, she didn't have her. She got like bad grades or something. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. yeah gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was that. Okay, so you you would be scared if Naveen was pregnant, 
which is understandable. We're all, I, I remember my wife and I, we were, uh, we had just been married only like six months. Yeah. And we had had friends who, it's amazing how, and I can only speak to my own experience or the male experience, which is like, we spend most of our late teens and 20s or whenever you become sexually active, terrified of getting someone pregnant. Yeah. Right? Because in theory, you're dating someone, you don't know if you're going to be married to them. So the idea of being connected to someone forever, being financially mm. able to take care of that kid, you know, it's it's ingrained in us. Like, don't don't fuck up yeah. because it'll completely change the trajectory, the trajectory of your life. And then, of course, you find the right person and then you try to procreate and you realize, oh, this can be hard. Yeah. Right. It's not always easy for everyone. Yeah. So my wife and I decide, well, you know, we're. We'll try and, and we'll see what happens. We'll be open to the idea of it. Well, one month later, <laughs> the first time in nine years or no, like seven or eight years that we don't protect. A month later, I remember I was doing all these college gigs and it, I'd had this really great run of like four college gigs in a row. And I was flying from city to city every day and, and they all went wonderfully. And it's Friday. Yeah. I'm like, going to go home. Nice. Weekend. Made a little scratch. Yeah. Sauna. Schwitz. <laughs> and my wife hits me up. I, I get to LAX. She goes, I'm here to pick you up. I go, this woman. <laughs> How did God, I get so lucky? So lucky, you yeah. know? Get in the car. She goes, how was your trip? I go, good. She goes, here you go. She hands me the test. Oh. I go, you piss on this? <laughs> no. You <laughs> warn a guy. <laughs> Give me some gloves. Please. Yeah. Um, and I go, oh. And I just, to your point, you know, even though like still you have to undo the decades of of fear and projection and neuroses surrounding the idea of one day being a parent and having to support a yeah. kid. And you just go, this is great. Great. <laughs> great. I think what we're saying is there's no part of us that's truly excited. Not at first. <laughs> no, not at first. No, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yes. It's terrifying, yeah. But luckily, she's like, oh, you reacted really well. And I was like, I don't think I did. Smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I learned that well. I was. I remember I was like kind of dating this girl. And uh, I was, I don't know, 23 years old. But like it was one of those things where we would date, but we wouldn't like kind of be around each other. It's like we hadn't really publicly. We were just sort of like we date and we go on dates and we hang out at night and whatnot. And like her roommate knows me, but like, mm. we're not sort of out in the world as a couple per se. Right. And like, we, we certainly didn't have titles or anything, but we were hanging out pretty regularly. That, that that's kind of what we were. And I remember she cut her hand accidentally. She like broke a glass. And so she had to go get stitches in her hand. So I took her to the hospital and I'm in the waiting room and she's next to me. And this little girl walks up. I, I I'm telling you, this girl was a plant. Okay. And she goes, is that your girlfriend? And I go, oh. no. <laughs> the woman's bleeding. Her hand is cut open. I go, she's just my friend. <laughs> oh, no. And I just see the girl. <laughs> like, it was so in 
inadvertently cold-blooded. Like, what it would have taken for me to just tell this little girl, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going steady after that. No. But at least I could have given her the respect yeah, 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 to yeah. not be like, no, she's my pal. <laughs> she's my, she's my acquaintance. Yeah, guys don't really know a lot of that stuff. Yeah. They just go through life just like, you just don't know what to do as a guy. And you don't know what means so much to the girl in that. Yeah, you just probably didn't. I've made so many mistakes like that. And now that I'm in this relationship now, I'm like, we were, Jonah took us to a farm on Saturday and the guy, his investor, whatever, really nice guy. He was like, come on, I'll show you the horses. <clears throat> and Naveen was inside using the bathroom. And I started to walk with them to go see the horses. And then I went, oh no, I got to go back and wait for Naveen. Yes. And I turned around and he goes, where are you going? And I go, I'm, I'm going to go wait for Naveen. And he goes, oh. And I go, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do everything right this time around. Like that. You know, and he laughed because he was like my age. And, uh, but yeah, like, I, I truly think I wasn't ready to be in a relationship until right now. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. I'm willing to, I'm willing to part with all those things. Do everything right, you know, and put everything into it that's just like, I, I don't even tell her bad news. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't, I just like, I'm just like try to make everything uh, positive and that's it. Keep her happy. You know, I find you, you either have a choice to kind of, you either do what you did, which is you have those growing pains. You go through those trials and tribulations uh -huh. and maybe your first thing doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. But if you're doing the growth and you show up and be the great dad, which I've always known you to be and always have shown up for the most important things in life and also just been like a human having a human's experience and had highs and lows and everything in between. And then you're equipped when you meet someone like Naveen to bring all that growth to yeah. this new thing. Yeah. Or like you have what my wife and I have, which is that I met her when she was 20. I was 24. Mm -hmm. So we've been through massive growth spurts together that were not easy. Yeah. But we, you know, we made a commitment to be in it together. So it's like you can either go, like the growth spurts are going to happen whether you like it or not, unless you refuse to grow and then you're screwed anyway. Mm -hmm. And you can either do them alone and then find the person or you can do it with a person and realize that like it's not going to be some... Hallmarkian platitude. It's not going to be some Nicholas Sparks novel. It's mm -hmm. going to be like we're sitting at Cheesecake Factory, not talking. <laughs> like, and there's obviously things to be excited about. We got the Buffalo Blast. <laughs> like, let's fucking rejoice. Yeah, but it's yeah. like no, I'm annoying, and it, she's not pleased. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and it's and you go like, okay, like this is not going to be as sexy and cool at times uh -huh. as I thought being in a relationship was, but if you're willing to withstand the tough times, you have a deeper connection later. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, I haven't had any, I'm so in love with her that I'm worried that that time will fade out. Sure. You know, like, but it hasn't so far. Like I, the best, the best parts are being at the Cheesecake Factory now. The best parts are, you know, when you like wake up and you're just sitting there, sitting next to each other saying nothing. Yes. You know, but I'm worried that those will, it'll go away. Cause we, we went into everything so fast. But it's not like you guys have only been together nine months. <laughs> I know when you just said 20 and 24, I was like, oh. Yeah. You got some years. You've been through it. 
But we were young, knucklehead people. I, I'll only speak for myself because my wife's perfect. But I was, you know, we, we, again, we made that commitment. And thankfully, my wife comes from like this really strong Irish Catholic family, yeah. which taught me like, hey, family doesn't leave. Yeah. So this kid, we're, this is allowed to be shitty for a second. Yep. But I'm not going anywhere. So yeah. if you're not, we'll both be here when we work through this. Yeah. But that's a big commitment. But again, like we said, like maybe you'll have some version of it, but maybe it won't be the same way because you've done all that work. Yeah. And you guys are finding each other a little bit later. You're in like the oxytocin phase. Is that right? Oxycontin. I used to, I'm sober 15 years. Um, you ever no. have Oxycontin? <laughs> what? Have you ever had Oxycontin? No. Oh, I guess uh, I have. I had it when I had my surgery. Oh, yeah. I've had, yeah, 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 I've yeah. had surgery when it's I've wonderful. been on that, on that trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things. I, I remember I had like a massive, crazy leg surgery, and so they gave me the pump. And I remember hitting the button, and I was like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> you know, you feel it go through your bones. You're just like, "Yep, I see." You know? Have you ever had anesthesia? Oh yeah, many times. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Oh, God. that's interesting. I remember I can't talking wait for my colonoscopy. Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get anesthesia for that? Propofol, poppy. <laughs> Oh, That's do. my rap name, the pro- Propofol Poppy. <laughs> When's your colonoscopy? <sighs> Four years, unfortunately. <laughs> when I'm 40, can't wait. I might get an endoscopy too, just to, you know, make it a little longer. What's that? It's when they go down your throat too. Oh. <laughs> have you ever had, um, have you ever had like your, your butt, like have you ever had a tube in your butt to clean out all your... Oh, uh, like a colonic? Colonic, yeah. Yes, once. What's that like? Um, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing that you don't expect, right? Because the way it's presented to you is like this clinical thing, and yes, there's a tube up your butt. But Why the, did you do this? I don't know. I was young, bro. I was like 20. <laughs> sure, it was probably part of you like cleaning up your life. That's and, right. Yeah. It was like very like, I was on this health kick, and there was this place on Moore Park and Laurel Canyon. <laughs> I could, It's like five We could probably see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, great. And what you don't realize is that basically what happens is they stick this tube up your butt and they put purified water into your large intestine. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good. Like, I'm with it. (laughs) What you don't realize is that after you're filled, you sit there for a second and then they say, let go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And you go, what? 
<laughs> you, what do you mean? Do you mean like, like you think it's going to be like extremely clinical? Like you're not going to see anything, and like like a colonoscopy, right? Like there's going to be something that will happen, and and it's good for my health. <laughs> and she goes, "Let go." And you go, "Ma'am, you want me to make <laughs> make duty in front of you?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, that's okay." So now <laughs> you make boom boom in front of this nice holistic lady right but, but what if you don't have to go but you you're full of water right oh you're full of water right? so it's an enema basically right. but it's like a different so now you you're letting go right and you got stuff in you for sure you <laughs> oh i know so, you know all that in the late night eating yeah i went to town last night yeah yet yeah. chips are coming out <laughs> <laughs> you know Siete, please sponsor captain crunch yep. you know admiral crunch right yeah. it's old and uh and so it's coming out. And now she goes, look over here. We're going to analyze. You see it. There's clear pipes. So your boom boom <laughs> is traveling through the pipes, right? It, it's like a train. She's like, you see that? And I'm like, the boom boom? She's like, yeah, man, you have a parasite. <gasps> and, and like, not a parasite. They're all going to tell you you have candida right. or like some sugar loving. Sure you know, passive parasite and you're going to have to do, they're upselling you to do their vitamin therapy. Right? right. But like, and, and now you're like, okay, that was terrible. Yeah. But let's, okay. So we did it and, and you do, and then you repeat that for an hour and they fill you back up and you go boom, boom. <laughs> and they fill you back up and you go boom, boom, clip this and they fill you back up <laughs> and you go boom, boom in front of this nice lady. And then you get a little nauseated. So she's putting like peppermint under your nose, like peppermint <laughs> aromatherapy. And you're just are like- you standing? No, no, you're laying down and your legs are up like this, right? For our audio listeners, Josh is going uh, full stirrup mode. And you've got a tube <laughs> in you. But then all here is like an open kind of like just a drain, right? And it's sucking it like there's a there's vacuum. You're just like, oh my god. Does it feel good? No. Oh, it doesn't feel good. It no. I know what you're saying, and no, it doesn't have any of like the no. erotic possibility. Not erotic. <laughs> Not erotic. I wasn't like, saying erotic. Oh, lighter. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, yeah. yes. But you feel like you like you cheated something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a lot of it? Like you hooked up your body to a Dyson. Um, <laughs> or a shark vac. Okay. Um, not a Roomba. Tell us what it's like to work with Christopher Nolan. Wow. I mean, so I have a very small part in the new movie Oppenheimer coming yeah. out in July. He's a genius. Yeah. I mean, like what? It was a dream. You know, when I watch his movies, I, I have to... My son has to explain them to me. <laughs> I get that. Same. <laughs> My son too, and he's four. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a genius of the highest order. It's something like, uh, there's some great quote, like, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. Yeah. And not that he brags, but it's just like, he he's operating at such a level. It's just so rare. Like, you can make a great movie that's not for everyone. Right. Yeah. Like you can be a great filmmaker who's making a great art house or independent feature that maybe will win a bunch of awards, but it just won't do great in the box office because maybe it doesn't appeal to a massive audience. He's making those movies, but then also appeals to everyone mm -hmm. where people like want to make a trip. You know, there's like this. 
do you know the Michelin stars for restaurants? Yeah. And I'm going to get this wrong, but I've heard it said to three Michelin stars is the highest sort of ranking. And they say one Michelin star is worth a visit if the restaurant is in your town. Two Michelin stars is worth a detour. Three Michelin stars is worth a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To like go fly to the restaurant. Yeah. And his movies are three Michelin stars. They're yeah. worth a trip. And in our day and age of people who'd mostly rather watch streaming on their beautiful home set up television yeah. to like say, oh no, I'll be at IMAX on the day of and I'll worry about parking and I'll spend 150 bucks in concessions because yeah. I want to be part of this experience. That's more and more so rare. So few of them, huh? And he, he commands that. And Tarantino's done. He's only one making more. one more, right? We got to get in it. How do we get in it? <laughs> Fuck. I want to write my agent and be like, I'll do one line. I got Nolan. See, this Maybe is the, I can trick Tarantino too. See, this is the part. I saw you talking about this on your podcast. This is a part of why I couldn't be an actor is because I can't, I can't think like that. How Thumbs so? me out. What, what part? I used to think like that. I'd be like, oh, I wish like Bob Odenkirk would like put me in his movie <clears> or something like that or whatever he was doing. Or maybe you were like around something and like wishing for that. It like, it bums me out. Yes. Think, thinking that like I'm going to try or even to try to get in a Quentin Tarantino movie and know that the competition is so fierce. Yeah. There's so many people. He could go and cast Flea. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers instead of you. You know what I mean? Like, he could cast, like, a singer or, like, something. He could cast uh, a model. He could cast a nobody. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, thinking, like, I can't. I could never do it. It bums me out. But then there's always... Was Pulp Fiction the first thing that Tarantino did with Sam Jackson? I believe so. It was in Reservoir Dogs. Well, Pulp Fiction was his... Um, no, Sam Jackson was not in Reservoir Dogs. And it was... Re it was... Um, the movie he wrote with, um, with uh, that, oh my God, my brain's not working today. With Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis. Natural yes, Born Natural Killers. Born Killers. So he wrote that, right? Yeah, and Oliver Stone directed that. Oliver Stone directed it. Yeah. And then Reservoir Dogs yep. was, was his first, and then Pulp Fiction. Yep. And there's Sam Jackson, who, and I mean, that movie's stacked, right? It's yep. like Ving Rhames and Travolta and Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. And, and Uma Thurman. But then there's like, arguably the greatest, most quotable character in that movie who was Sam Jackson, who was like in his late 40s and certainly on his rise, but was not the Sam Jackson of today. Right. But he was just right. Yeah. And then he became Tarantino's dude because he was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think that's the part. Yeah, we're all fighting for that. Like, what's that one thing that that great, you know, the, uh, listen, Nolan could have got Bryce Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce has a movie coming out. He could have got yeah. Josh Richards for yeah, my part. He another Josh. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I was the right guy in this respect. And he was yeah. like, I'll slum it with Peck. You know what I mean? And how was, how, and how was the, <laughs> Excuse me. The, day, the days that you shot? What, how are you feeling being on a Christopher Nolan set? Were you like shitting yourself? Yes. I, w I was there for two months. Oh, you were there for two months. And we shot all over the U.S. And not all over, but we shot in L.A. And we shot in New Mexico. And they, they shot some stuff in, in uh, on the East Coast. It was... Two months. Every day was a, was a master class. Really? And What's something you learned? It's so cool. I'm trying to think of like the... Uh, I would say the thing that what I respected most about 
Nolan was just like the lack of frills. Like there was no, like it had all of the wonderful things of a movie set, but everyone was there to make a movie. As you know, because you've worked a bunch, sometimes you go to a set and you're like, we're here to make a movie, but we're also here to gossip and eat appetizers. Yeah. Right? Like, we're also here to sit behind Video Village and to talk and to Instagram and to eat all this great craft service and figure out ways to, you know, pad the budget. This, this process was like everyone was there totally committed to making uh, a great movie. Isn't that cool? Because <clears throat> as you know- There's not many things in life where people are totally focused on one thing like that anymore. Totally. And you also know that, and here's the exciting part. I'll work on things, and I'm sure you've done this too. You're part on Drake and Josh. Like, <laughs> maybe Drake and Josh is not an example because for some people that's a Christopher Nolan movie. But I'll say like, <laughs> most things you go, this is great. I want to do a good job because I care about doing a good job. Yeah. But even if I'm brilliant and even if everything goes right, the potential for this is only to be a seven. Yeah. Even if it's even if everything fires at its highest level, yeah. just the material we're working with within the limits, the scope of this project, which is 90% of the shit we do. At best, this will be a seven. Sure. And that's okay. Because sure. most things are a seven and they're wonderfully enjoyable. This kind of thing, you go, oh, this could be a 10. Yeah. So let me give everything. Wow. Because you're like, oh, like I could be a part of something great. So, and you see that from the director of photography to... You know, someone like me who has six lines. Yeah. I'm just like, let me just do everything. Like, I, I was playing a part of a physicist, and I'm literally doing more research than I've probably done for things I was in the lead of. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't want to ever be caught flat-footed, where they're like, well, what do you got for this? And I'm like, I don't know, serious? <laughs> like, so you just studied to be a physicist. You, you read up on this. Yeah, and you're also playing, I was playing a real person, which yeah. is kind of nice, because yeah. you go, oh, great. Like, I don't have to totally create something. I can actually just pull from reality, which is always the best source. Yeah. <clears throat> This was my favorite story. So I'm playing this physicist and it's a smaller part. So I'm not, there's not as much to pull from, from the script as far as hints of who this guy is. Cause it's not about me. It's about Oppenheimer. It's, and, uh, but I'm friends with this guy, Dr. Brian Keating, who's a physicist at the UC San Diego. Mm. And like two weeks before filming, I'm like, I really want to do my due diligence. Let me just call him and just get an idea of like any inside baseball amongst physicists. Yeah. Why do you do this, this job? What, yeah, what makes you so love cool. physics? And I remember him saying, and what's cool, especially about the story in the history is like, there's a lot of wonderful Jewish excellence to this story, right? Cause yeah. it's like Oppenheimer, not necessarily the movie, but just the history. Oppenheimer was Jewish. Einstein was Jewish. You know, all these great physicists, Richard Feynman and Isidore Rabi and Ernest Lawrence, like brilliant, Jewish physicists who helped basically win the war. So I was talking to Dr. Keaton and he said, you know, physicists, the wonderful quality about all of us is like, we're endlessly curious about life. And to try to, uh, if physics are the laws of the universe, then to try to understand physics is to try to understand the mind of God. Mm. To which I said, Trying to understand the mind of God is perhaps the most Jewish thing I've ever heard. I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. No wonder this is our thing. 
I bet I know what God was thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? Completely Jewish. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's and something. we crush it at physics. Yeah, there's something about being Jewish where there's no, there is no answer. <laughs> when it, even if you were right, even it, like it's something simple as like setting the table, like, okay, it's good enough. Like, it, could it be better? Probably. Yeah. You know, there's never any kind of like admittance of excellence or it's done. Yes. There could always be more. That is, if you ask a rabbi or someone, what is Judaism? It's asking questions. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, 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 Like, yeah. that's all, I that's mean, really cool. Passover's amongst us, the four questions, right? Like, yeah. it's all based on, yeah, constantly, like, seeking for a better understanding of, like, yeah. why we're here. Quick break in the action, guys. I'll let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. I've been talking about it. I just went to the Taylor Swift show. It was hot. It was fun. It was lively. We had a blast. And you can go see an amazing artist like Taylor Swift. Uh, there's so many great artists out there that are on tour. And you would be very, very smart to go and and use SeatGeek. Download the app and have the app on your phone. Coachella is coming. Maybe you want to come go see Coachella. I'm, uh, you know, I understand there's a great lineup this year at Coachella. You can do it all from the SeatGeek app. You buy the tickets there. They go right to your phone. You show your phone when you walk in. It is incredible. And right now, guys, you're going to get $20 off your first order when you use my code NASH. So go go download the SeatGeek app. I don't have to tell you how great that SeatGeek has been to me. We would not have a podcast here without SeatGeek. So thank you. Thank you to SeatGeek and thank you guys for supporting them. Make sure that they are your number one choice when it comes to buying tickets. And my thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring this podcast. Um, did you get any of the stories? I got, I got all of them. Okay, let's put them up. People who think they're attractive are less likely to wear a mask. <laughs> I think that's me. Really? <laughs> I'm not going to hide this. Kiss her all day. You're just anti-mask. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with masks. Masks are... I wish this, this is an old... No one wears masks anymore. Uh, the, uh, it, I, what I will say is interesting about this is that there, uh, have you had this? There were certain people that I was like pining away for yeah. at the height of COVID, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to say where they Ooh. worked. No, there were just certain people. And I talked about this with my wife that when the mask was on, I was like, they're lovely. <laughs> like they are ravishing. No, right. It, it helped them a lot. And then COVID ended, and I was like, yikes. <laughs> you know? I mean, that maybe people thought that about me, but you've had to stare at this dumb face for a long time. But, like, yeah, where I was like, oh, what a shame. These are people in, in uh, celebrities or friends? No, friends. People <laughs> they have interactions with. You know, work at our local pharmacy, <laughs> Target, you know? Or just like, have you Tim seen? the barista is looking great. Yeah, Judy. <laughs> Judy's a smart show in an N95. Now she's an N99. In an N95. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What would your last meal be if you were on death row? Oh, Queen's chicken with broccoli. Like a sesame chicken or like an orange chicken. That's it? Easily. Yeah. What would yours be? Oh my God, it's going to be a whole thing. Oh, you'd have like multiple things? 
Okay, so I have two schools of thought on this. They say that when you die, in certain scenarios, you evacuate. Like you're getting a colonic, right? Right. If that's the case, and I really want to spite the man, my final meal would be 24 hard-boiled eggs. (laughs) Because if I'm going to have to, like, if as I'm moving to the next You want to leave something stinky behind? Oh, my. Can you imagine cleaning that up? (laughs) The sulfur? (laughs) Gross. So the so the victim's parents can have a a, a whiff, or, you know, just like the just the COs, a couple correction officers that in love. Yeah, <laughs> I, they're like pushing the plunger. I wink at Dan. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm like, will you try to get, say get the mop, Dan? <laughs> That's dark. Is that dark, Ferris? Thank you. I think it's pretty good. Will you do this at your college gig? Will you try that out? What? That what you just did, that bit? No. You know? <laughs> what are your college gigs like? I try to go with funny shit, you know? Um, <laughs> um, my college gigs are, are wonderful now that I... They were always wonderful because I'm so happy to do it. And yeah. I, and I'm at that age where I feel like these, you know, they... They seem like babies to me in a great in yeah. a great way. Yeah, you know, kids. they don't feel like, you know, when I was like in my late 20s, there was some it feeling of peers and thus like wanting to impress. And now yeah. it's much more like wanting to leave a good, imp- like wanting to give something to them. Yes. So that they walk away feeling like, oh, wow, like I had a great time and, and it was slightly inspiring. Or yes, uplifting. yes. It's, yeah, that that is rewarding, isn't it? To give back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just know, and I've, I, I'm beginning to realize this. I think we expect our 20s to be insane and wonderful and just like this culmination of everything great about being young, right? Uh-huh. Because you're young, you're hot, yeah. but you're not in school, you're not under your parents' tutelage, you're living life. It's like, in theory, it should be like this apex of existence, except for me, my 20s were like, a lot of growing pains yeah, yeah, and yeah. a lot of facing, you know, like going through career insecurities and also getting married, which was wonderful, but like learning what it means to be in a relationship and financial insecurity and all these things. So for me, it's like what I always tell people who are graduating is like, you're probably feeling an immense pressure to take this great education of yours and go kick ass in life. Mm-hmm. Like you probably feel like it's a sprint like, let me at it. I'm going to graduate in June and I will have taken over the world by Christmas. And like, allow yourself this time to live mm-hmm. and experience and be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's required for your 20s to be spent having great and awful times and everything in between and learning from those things to set you up for true adulthood, which will come in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yeah. Wow. Well said. I Man. remember... I remember when I, I remember I did this movie when I was 21 called The Wackness and yeah. it, it won Sundance and it was a independent movie with me and Sir Ben Kingsley. I was extremely proud of it and it did really well for me. And then I did Red Dawn and I was less proud of that one. Right. <laughs> and I was in a weird spot because I'd had this weird validation of like, wow, maybe it can happen for me. And then I did Red Dawn thinking I was going to be like this action star and was like, oh, that's certainly not my lane. So I had this, his name's Alex Young. He was a former president of Fox. And I got a meeting with him somehow. My agent pulled a favor. 
And we're sitting there, and as you know, these like general meetings can be a lot of just, oh, where do you like to ski? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, like, what, what do you get at CPK? I'm an avocado egg roll guy, you know? And like, oh, we're going to keep you in mind. We're going to keep you in mind. We got a lot of stuff on the docket. We'll keep you in mind, you know, in the pipeline. Yeah. Like, pipeline, what are, what are we talking about here? You work for Exxon? And, um, <laughs> And so I remember we, we were, were doing these pleasantries for the first couple minutes. And finally, Alex just cuts me off and he goes, can I just give you some advice for the next hour? And I go, yeah. And he says, I would implore you to go live an interesting life uh, and not spend your 20s worried about your next job. Uh, He's like, and I know that's incredibly hard, but I'll tell you what's not interesting is sitting in a casting office worried about playing the seventh lead on some pilot you're not passionate about. He's like, and instead he's like, you're a kid. He's like, you're a real kid. He's like, men mature slower than women. He's like, no one's going to look at you as a man until you're in your 30s anyway. Yeah. He's like, you're not Leonardo DiCaprio. That's clear, (laughs) right? Right. Like, there are a few outliers who will break through in their late teens and 20s and just be mega. But for most men, journeyman actors, it'll probably happen later. So I would implore you to spend the next 10 years not worrying about your next gig and instead living an interesting life, adding experience, growing, and having things cool things to draw from yeah and he was completely right and so that's the advice i would give anyone else is like i would implore you to live an interesting life as best you can depending on your financial means Uh uh-huh damn that's really really good advice do you find that now that you're older you like it better like i i i i like i like who i am now so much more physically i wish i had more energy I, I wish I didn't look like a truck ran me over, obviously. But in terms of like happiness and in terms of like who I am, this is the best. For sure. Right? It does get yeah. better in some ways. It's too bad you can't have both, you know? But aren't you just happier now? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the first time we met? On the set of Drake and Josh? <laughs> Well, that <laughs> I tried not to mean any action. You were very nice that day. Thanks. You were. You were really nice. Oh, thank God. You were nice. You were. You. You were. You were. You were, you were, ni- you were nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> I met you and I was like, he's busy, but he he definitely said hello. You so, were and you were busy. It was a busy. Yeah, you were busy. We I, I watched you that whole day because I thought you were so funny and and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this guy because he's like actually like talented and funny and I, and I was like, let me see if I can pick something up from him as to how he does it. And you were busy. Yeah, it was a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Some a might six- say too much work for a, <laughs> for a 17-year-old. Some might say too much. Do you- <laughs> Is your book coming, your second? I know you have a book. But no second book ever. No. Why not? No. Why didn't you like your book? I like my book fine. Right. I don't want to do that. I did it. I'm proud of You're it. You're done. I'll tell you, if I'm being serious. Yeah. I feel like I said every, I, I editorialized the first half of my life in that book. And that's what I'm ultra proud about. And if you want to know more, you can find it on Amazon, Target. It's yeah. on paperback now. Happy people are annoying. There Thank it is. you so much, Ferris. Great cover. It's, a, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're a perfectionist. Nothing's, 
you're, you're, you're being too hard on yourself. Well, I, I would just say that I feel as though I talked about everything and commented on everything that happened in the first 35 years of my life. Yeah. Career, life, work. And in a wonderful way, I feel like I kind of, I released it. You know, like I have nothing left to say about yeah, that yeah, time yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so I'm so glad there's a living document that if you want to know, feel free to buy it or just rent it in yeah. the library. Like yeah. do with it what you will. But I, it, what I'm grateful about doing it is I don't really feel the need to like defend my case anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you done. Know? Yeah, I've given my thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what about a book? What about a second book that was just funny stories? That wasn't like so, that didn't have to, you didn't have to like dig so deep. Yeah. You know, like you just tell, like the stuff you're talking, you always tell me about, like you always have so many stories that you pull out. Like that might be fun for a, yeah. for a thing. I don't know. As long as I could be assured it would be on the New York Times bestsellers <laughs> list. Because this one is not. <laughs> Does it stick in my crop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I ever win an Oscar, I'm going to be like, you see that New York Times? <laughs> Josh Peck, where can everybody find you? Um, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Peck. Uh, the Good Guys Podcast. Good Guys on, Podcast. On Mondays. With Ben Sofer. Ben Soffer, my boy. great, Ben Soffer. Love him. Can't say his name. Please come I'll back just, on anytime. I'll come anytime. Open invite. Yep. And uh, yeah. Okay. Love ya. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Hold on. Here's the thing about Jason Nash. Can I just opine for a second? Yeah, please. Jason Nash is as good as, as, good as gold. He's as good <laughs> as it gets. He's an incredible father. He's not, I just feel compelled to say this. My favorite thing about David Dobrik is all the opportunity he gave Jason Nash. <laughs> that he brought Jason Nash to the public world. He did. Yes. Thank you, David. Because he saw what we all saw, yeah. which was this is a great untapped talent. Yeah. little self-sabotage, sure. <laughs> Guy can't get out of his own way. We know this. But when people like me clear that out and yeah. say, Jason... It's time. <laughs> what are we going to wait your whole life? You know, you're not Dame Judy Dench over here. Let's hit it. You're 44. Let's do it. We get Jason Nash, the best dad, yep. best dude, always been, not really, not even a real shit talker. About Jonah, yes. <laughs> but other than Nick Antonian, who he hates. He Dude, loves Jonah everyone. deserves it. <laughs> oh, God. I was at the, I was at the resort on Saturday. Having the best time of my life. Hanging out with Naveen, Charlie, like, you know. And Jonah texts me. And he's like, I'm in town. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And then all of a sudden, I said, <laughs> I said, sure, like, come over to the hotel. Find me at the hotel. And then next thing I know, Jonah and Susie are standing in the lobby of the hotel. And I was just like, oh, my God, what did I do? He's like my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like yeah. getting a text from Joe Pesci. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know that something is about to happen. Yeah. And then next thing I know, we're just all, Naveen is sitting with them in my hotel room, Joan and Susie. They're arguing about some family member going back and forth. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe Naveen has to like, you know what it was like? It was like when you like introduce your relatives to your cousins and you yes. like are kind of like afraid that they're going to be totally turned off. Oh yeah. And it was so funny. Anyway. More about Jason. <laughs> <laughs> he smells good. All right, that's it. <laughs> we're doing a, um, we're doing a, oh, maybe you would do this. I'll ask you on camera. We're doing a birthday, a 50th birthday party video. <gasps> and we're 
and we were going to have people come up and make speeches. Not a roast, so you won't be roasted. Okay. We, maybe you could come and make a speech. Yeah, where's it going to be? It'll probably be at like the place we had the roast or something like that. Sponsored by Seat Geek? Maybe. maybe. SG? What's that? SG? Seat Geek? Yeah, Seat Geek. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, let me know. All right, guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Go follow Josh on all platforms. He's the man. And uh, watch him in the new Christopher Nolan movie out next Christmas, probably. Right? July. July. Oh, oh, it's coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. You're going right. to have a lot of meetings that month. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll all see. Right. How I Met Your Father on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> how I Met Your Father on Hulu. Yeah. No. Oh, How I Met Your Father? How's okay. How You Met Your Father? It's fine. Let's close this thing. How long are we going to go? Yeah, I know. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.